you want your dream to be Build it slow and surely Small beginning, greater end Heartfelt work grows purely If you want to live life free Take your time, go slowly Do few things, but do them well Simple joys are holy Day by day, stone by stone Build your secret slowly Day by day, you'll grow too You'll know heaven's glory. Hi, this is David Russell and your faith anew. We begin in prayer. In the will and name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we love you, we adore you, we bless you, and we thank you for this opportunity to share your knowledges made known to us through the servant of God, Louisa Picaretta. We pray for your guidance in what is being spoken and what is being heard, that the entirety of this program glorifies you, saves souls, and hastens the coming of the kingdom. Amen. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. Purity of Soul Today this entry from Louisa is just a couple of sentences long, but it says an infinite amount. From July 5th, 1901, in Volume 4, she writes... As I was concerned about the state of my soul, all of a sudden my adorable Jesus came and told me, quote, My daughter, do not be concerned, for I alone am the beginning, the means, and the end of all your desires. Unquote. With these words, I calmed myself in Jesus. May everything be for the glory of God, and may his holy name be blessed. Louisa began this entry into the Book of Heaven with, I was concerned about the state of my soul. Here is this little woman, who unquestionably led a devout life, and she is concerned about the state of her soul. There is a lesson there for us. Is this a part of our daily thoughts? Do we have a concern for the state of our souls? And yet, this is crucial to the shape of our lives 
individually and collectively. For if we showed concern for our souls, the entire world would be transformed. Think about it. If everyone were suddenly more concerned for their souls, consciences would be enlightened. Because an informed and enlightened conscience is the beginning of transformation. With an informed conscience, we know better right from wrong. We're all given a conscience, an inner feeling or voice acting as a guide to the rightness or wrongness of one's behavior. But a developed and informed conscience will allow us to live supernaturally. With a highly developed conscience comes a highly developed inner knowing. But the development of our conscience must be done with great care. This is the purpose of your faith anew. We must increase our knowledge of what is loving, holy, and good. Just one small way to do this is an examination of our consciences. To sit, guided by the Holy Spirit, and examine our behavior. What have we done that we should not have done? Even the most uninformed conscience has a knowing of right and wrong. Unless you're a sociopath, probably not many would be listening to your faith anew, we know good from evil and can assess our daily behavior. If this review of our consciences are performed regularly, our behavior and our lives would gravitate to the good. There is a danger of overdoing this and other spiritual practices, so we must be gentle on ourselves. Look not only at those things we did poorly, but also those actions we did well. A certain level of equanimity must be applied to the judgment of our acts. If you wish to develop your conscience, begin the practice of a mental review of your day before falling asleep. It would be just this simple. Dear God, I want to please you and love you more. Help me in the review of my day, where I failed to love and where I succeeded to love. And I place this entire self-evaluation in your will. That's it. Pretty simple. As you go forward in the spiritual life, you will discover more occasions to examine your conscience. The first Saturday devotion is one such occasion which was 
mystically given to Lucia dos Santos by Our Lady of Fatima. We could spend more than an entire episode on this one devotion and the supporting details. For your edification, I've included a link to more information about the first Saturday devotion. For now, let me say, the sacrament of reconciliation is received as a part of this devotion. For those listeners not Catholic or been away from the church, this sacrament of reconciliation, sacred moment, is a supernatural gift instituted by Jesus Christ to develop our conscience and to top it off, wipe clean our sin. Purity of soul. Healthy souls are the light in this world. Pure souls have a special role implementing the supernatural solution. The spark to world peace. We must be concerned for our souls individually because it affects the all. If one person sins, we all are the lesser. If one conquers sin, all benefit. Not to go all scripture on you, but I tell you, in just the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who have no need of repentance. Luke 15, verse 7. We are in this together. This past Saturday, practicing for Saturday's devotion, I went to confession. That's what some old-time Catholics call the Sacrament of Reconciliation, confession. After you confess your sins, the priest assigns a penance. Then you pray an act of contrition. Contrition being a state of feeling remorseful and contrite. A really good thing to do because a humble, contrite heart God will not reject. The act of contrition goes like this. O oh my God, I am heartily sorry for having offended thee, and I detest all my sins, because I dread the loss of heaven and the pains of hell, but most of all, because they have offended thee, my God, who art all good, and deserving of all my love. I firmly resolve, with the help of thy grace, to confess my sins, to do penance, and to amend my life. Amen.
you got to admit, Catholics have great prayers. Succinct and powerful and must be prayed with a sincere heart. There's no faking it. God reads our heart. He knows us better than we know ourselves. During this confession, the priest gave me the penance to love myself. That's not typical. Most of the time, a penance would be, say, three Hail Marys, a couple of Our Fathers, or a decade of the Rosary. But he gave me the penance to love myself. He told me Jesus says that we should love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And it would be a good penance for me to perform some act of love toward myself. Wow! I had never received a penance like this one. You must understand that for this sacrament to be valid, I must perform the penance. I just committed to do penance in my act of contrition. Therefore, I am obligated to perform an act of love to myself for these sins I've just confessed to be forgiven. <laughs> so my mind immediately began to work on this task. What could I do to show love to myself? A treat, perhaps? A twisty treat? Ice cream cone? A day at the beach? Some new clothing? How might I love myself? After all, I'm obligated to do this. And then, suddenly, it came to me. The most loving thing I could do for myself is to live in the divine will. His will is perfect. I can think of no better way to fulfill this penance of loving myself than to live in the very will of God. This was a perfect act of love toward myself that I was obligated to perform. And it must be accomplished for the forgiveness of my sins. The priest, acting in the person of Christ, wouldn't give me a penance impossible to satisfy. What a grace! So, the act of love I performed for my penance was the provenient prayer. And at least for a short time, I declare to have lived in the divine will. The sacrament was valid, my sins forgiven, and the penance 
to love myself was realized in a divine way. Which I remind all of you, transcends time and space to affect souls in a positive way infinitely. For this is the power of just one act performed in the divine will. So, from just Louisa's statement, I was concerned about the state of my soul. All this comes forth. In the entry, she continued by saying, All of a sudden, my adorable Jesus came. Yes, all of a sudden. This is how Jesus works. All of a sudden, when you least expect it. All the while being faithful and attentive, Jesus comes. In a flash of insight. Unknowing. But David, how do we know it's Jesus? You will have peace in your spirit. You will know a divine encounter when you have it. It's that aha moment, an infusion of knowledge. For me personally, when I'm touched by the Lord, I cry. Tears of joy. He is so good to me. And then, this may sound crazy, I bless myself with those tears. Because as you will discover, Jesus has already cried those tears for us all. And they are holy. So if this is what I believe, why wouldn't I bless myself with the tears Jesus shed for me? And get this, even more radical, because these tears are Jesus's, they have a divine quality and are to the benefit of all, past, present, and future. This is the power of the divine will. The supernatural solution and your faith anew. Jesus happens suddenly, like a flash of lightning. Louisa goes on to quote Jesus saying, My daughter, do not be concerned, for I alone am the beginning, the means, and the end of all your desires. And she says, with these words, I calmed myself in Jesus. May everything be for the glory of God, and may his holy name be blessed. Jesus is truly the beginning, means, 
and end of your every desire. We have only to seek him faithfully. Speak to him as your close personal confidant. Because there is no other in all the universe who loves you more. And notice Louisa's choice of word. I calmed myself in Jesus. For it is through him, with him, and in him that we move and have our life. May everything be for the glory of God, and may his holy name be blessed. Fiat.